Ladies and gentlemen of the company, this is your half-hour call. You now have 30 minutes. Thank you. Thanks to stage manager Bex Snell for the calls there. Hello. Welcome back to the Stage Podcast in association with Charcoal Blue. Happy New Year, I guess. It's it's still just about January, isn't it? I hope you had nice holidays and Christmases and things like that. Uh, We're starting the new year with a bang. So I suppose one of the big highlights of the beginning of the year is London's Vault Festival, which runs for eight weeks in the caves underneath Waterloo Station. It's grown massively, actually, over the last few years. So Fergus Morgan and I had a chat with uh, their head of theatre and performance, Jill Greer. Uh, Fergus also went off and had a masterclass in improv. And I have to say, he was surprisingly okay at it. Um, And 2019 is looking like it'll be a really great year for theatre, I reckon. So here's me and Lynn sitting in our usual spot outside Cafe Nero in the cold, having a chat about what we're most looking forward to. I mean, last time it was, we had rain dripping on our heads, and this time we'd, we'd just missed the snow, so... Yeah, the real glamour of this job. <laughs> Did you have a nice Christmas? Yes, I had a lovely Christmas. Are yeah. you feeling recharged and energetic? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, very energetic, and actually it's very exciting because there's loads of really good stuff coming out. Well, speaking of which, I mean, what are some of your kind of top picks for 2019? Oh, well, there's so many. I mean, I'm already looking forward to, to Edinburgh, but of course... Um... What? <laughs> But I'm not normal, so... uh, (laughs) But, uh, no, I mean, there are loads of things coming up that I think are are really interesting. There's something that I think looks great. Uh, Quarantine, who are a wonderful Manchester-based company, and they've got a wonderful show called Wallflower out. uh, And it's a a show in which the performers try to remake every dance that they have ever danced, and they are not allowed to actually repeat... Uh, any, not just within that show, yeah. but actually within all the shows they've taken part with. That's mad. They've got two performances of that coming up, a shorter one at the Nuffield in Lancaster on February the 28th, but then they're doing a 12-hour version of it oh, at Findhorn in Scotland on March 22nd, which is from noon till midnight, and I think that that would be the kind of show that if you go, you will never forget. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. What else is on your... Uh, uh, I'm quite interested in the fact that um, it seems to me this might be the year, I think, of Kandinsky. Uh, oh, I hope so. A company who I really like. Uh, they're at the New Diorama in mid-February with uh, Dinomania. Oh, yeah, uh, dinosaurs. Yeah, a show about progress and extinction, which I think kind of concentrates on two 19th-century paleontologists yeah. who were big rivals. But they've also got another show later in the year in Manchester. It's, right. uh, it's a collaboration with James uh, uh, Yankman and uh, it's called There is a Light That Never Goes Out. Excellent. And it's about the Luddites and about the fact that uh, maybe they weren't wrong after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, so that sounds good. What about you? What are you looking for? Well, to? I'm going for the very other end of the spectrum and I'm going for, I'll start with a couple of big West End hitters that I'm looking forward to. So, I mean, it seems like, um, you know, there's that kind of constant... Uh, balancing of the scales between the power of the West End and the power of Broadway and Broadway absolutely has it this year I mean we've got Dear Evan Hansen and Waitress and Come From Away all coming over I mean Waitress notable because it was the first Broadway musical to have a female writer songwriter director lead cast designer choreographer you know it's just 
it's fantastic in, in that sense. It's a really lovely school by Sarah Borelli's. And then uh, Come From Away is just, ah, it's, a re- it's a strange but very sweet story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's based around 9-11, isn't it? It is, um, yeah. A plane that got stranded? Well, it's 30 planes. I mean, right. when, when, the, when 9-11 happened, the US um, shut down American airspace. All the planes that were inbound to the US at that point had to land at Newfoundland. And so suddenly they've got 36 jumbo jets that land there. Right. And it's about how these planefuls of people from all across the world integrate with this very small Canadian community. Um, and it sets a really nice kind of Canadian folk score. Well, that sounds tempting. Makes me oh, yeah. think yeah, I'd, I'd really, really like to see it. I think, yeah. yeah. And then Dear Evan Hansen, I haven't seen, but it's been one of the big Broadway hits yeah. the last couple of years. So it's, yeah. it's nice to finally see that come over. The songwriters of uh, The Greatest Showman, Patrick and Paul. Um, so, yeah, another one of their... Just mega hits. <laughs> what is Showstopper the Improvised Musical? Uh, Showstopper the Improvised Musical is a musical that just happens to be improvised. So it's a full two act musical, um, but everything is made up on the spot. The songs, the tunes, that's very important, that is made up too. The lyrics, the book, the words are the made up, the dancing, up. everything is made up on the spot from audience <laughs> suggestions. So we get the audience to give us the setting the styles of musical theatre they want to see and the title and then we improvise a show for them a full two-act musical uh, we've never done the same show twice I think all of us would really struggle actually people we've done the same s- setting same setting like we've done a lot of allotments we've done quite a lot of pirate ships Jurassic Park's Jurassic been around Park. a lot of, of Jurassic Parks. that um, must be a struggle with the dinosaurs yeah well yeah 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 we're not we're not <laughs> we're not fond of Jurassic Park anymore and uh, Showstopper's been uh, around for quite a while now it's won an Olivia Award it's gone all over the place how did it how did it begin so it began in 2008 um, so our two directors Adam Megiddo and Dylan Emery were working with a guy called Ken Campbell who if you don't know who Ken Campbell was go and find out he was a, a strange genius uh, and they were trying some improvisational stuff with him and Dylan and Adam started talking with Ken about how you could improvise a musical when we went up to Edinburgh the first time no one knew anything about us who we were we didn't really know what we were doing let's be honest and we were in this tiny little porter cabin. It was a 70-seater porter cabin. And every night when the... Ta- and we were on late night. So every night when the tattoo went off, you know, all the explosions... The cannons. We just had to kind of incorporate that. So most of our shows that year ended with like some <laughs> terrible war or like a catastrophe. Yeah, like blasted. Yeah. Just the, water, and the water floods in. Yeah, that's totally, the end. That's the end. Now... You're in rehearsals at the moment, but you don't call them rehearsals, you call them workshops. How do you go about preparing to put on? So we practice our skills, we practice our our basic improvisation skills about saying yes to things and and, and then building on offers. we work on our we work on uh, the genres of music. So we'll have a, a session. We'll look at Sondheim for a couple of hours, and we'll look at Hamilton for a couple of hours, and we'll look at how you know at Wicked, and we'll break those down and look at the component parts. Again. Okay, what is it about, for example, what is it about Wicked, mm. and then try and work out how we can not replicate that, but how we can just give a sense, a, a free song, and a, just you know a kind of thread of that to to uh, homage the homage the musical that we're doing. And that involves listening to every new musical that comes out, presumably. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. So we've got a list now. I think the I think the list is up to 300, uh, 300 musicals that we should know, you know, that we should all be able to improvise in the style of. 
Um, obviously, there's some that very rarely get called. Um, when we've toured, uh, so when we went to Canada, we listened to all the all of the musicals that had just been in Toronto and that were big and you know had been big hits. I mean, you know, very few of them actually. Got None called. of them actually asked of them. Um, yeah, come from away, come, come from, from away, away was on. Nobody asked for it no, at all in the entire run in Toronto, and apart from the it. last. There was a, there was a, it was between come come from away. Uh, and, and and something like Phantom at the oh, end yeah, and they chose Phantom so we never got to do a Come From Away song in Canada but hopefully we'll get to but do then, one well hopefully someone will shout one out fingers now crossed. To this, yeah, and then when show. we when we were in New York we had to listen to all the things that were in uh, on Broadway at the time that weren't that hadn't come over here yet and they've all basically now they're all coming over this year pretty much so we're, we're, sort of, we're like oh yeah we're already yeah, ready for that. these ones yeah so things like Waitress and Fun Home and uh, Dear Evan Hansen yeah. and all of those things. So, yeah, we have to keep up with what's... And Hades Town, yeah. you know, you have to keep up with like, what is coming out. And then, you know, and you have to... I mean, really, I think it's listening to it and knowing it well enough that you can sing in the style of it without singing it. And you guys are going to hopefully try and teach me some of these skills now. And I should stress, <laughs> I've never done any improvisation in any facet of my life. Ever. But I'm this doing is it right now, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you are doing it, it right is. now. When you start improvising, uh, the basic thing is, uh, the, the, and you know, we could discuss it for hours whether saying yes is actually what impro is all about. And oh, there's so many people have discussed it for ages. But the basic way of starting is just learning to say yes. Okay. Um, so for me, the, the improvisation is basically listen to something, accept it and be changed by it but uh, the main theory is that when you say yes to stuff you open yourself up to adventure and danger and when you say no to things you keep yourself nice and safe and closed off and in life we're more used to saying no because it's really handy and I would never say to anyone hey you should just live a yes life no you live a no life it's really useful <laughs> but yes is way more useful in improvisation okay so do you need some suggestions now for so something? no so ba the first basic thing if you would like to join us in yeah, this absolutely. game uh, so let's do a thing where uh, Justin suggests things to you and all you have to do is say yes you just have to say yes just the word yes just the word yes okay okay uh, let's go to the beach yeah Let's go to uh, Africa. Absolutely. Let's go and see a movie. Yeah, all right. Ah, that's, uh, that was really interesting. Yeah. This is a, that was a qualified <laughs> yes. So really, you were saying no. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, you went, and we saw your face go, and what your face did was no. I don't know why I did that. We're not going to go I to I know, movie. right? It's <laughs> weird. Well, we but yeah, it's a, because it's a habitual thing that we are used to doing. And everyone does it. Everybody instinctively does it. Say no instinctively to says no to stuff that we're like, why, why no, why no? Um, so now that's the first stage, just saying yes. The next stage is to say yes and so, and then you build something together. So neither of you are responsible for it. So, for example, Justin, uh, let's go to the zoo. Yes. And let's get an ice cream when we're there. Yes, and let's eat those ice creams really fast. Yes, and we'll eat them so fast that we freeze uh, and, and have to go to the penguin thing to cool down. Yes, and then we can pretend to be penguins. Yes, and, and then we'll dress up like penguins and take over the penguin hole. There we house. go. Who knew that was going to happen? It's, it's yeah, gone yeah. to another level. Yeah. yeah. Here. But Very you can quickly. do this. Uh, so now you and Justin just have to play yes and. So when okay. Justin says something, just say yes and, <laughs> and then add to it. And you just have to say, you just have to add to the thing that's there. So you don't have to invent anything new. You just have to add to the thing that's already there. 
All right. No pressure. <laughs> I don't know why I feel less pressure. There's I no know, pressure. Because it's a because we're used to not having to do this and because our brains are going, yeah, you're not yeah. keeping me nice and safe. Why are you keeping me safe? Uh, so your brain's kind of having a, a little toddler fit Freak at out, you yeah. at the moment. It certainly yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> it's good though. Let's go to the science museum. Yeah, and to the planetarium. Yes. And when we're there, we can do a course in learning about the planets. Yeah, and then I can go home and tell everyone about all the constellations I've learned. Yes, and then we can become astronomers. Yes, and then astronauts. Yes, and we can recolonize another planet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly good. Yeah. <laughs> and discover new alien life forms. <gasps> yes, and assimilate them into our own species. Yes, and progress humanity. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, what was that like for you, though? Thrilling and scary. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got stuck. I couldn't think of anything. After we went to a new planet, I was like, that's it, that's the end. Yeah, but it's not, because we progressed humanity. Yeah, yeah. let's do another exercise. Let's do another yeah, exercise. exercise to finish. Um, do you want to do word at a time? I was going to say, yeah, word at a time. So all, all three of us, yeah? Yeah, all three of us. We'll tell a story. We'll tell a story. One, One word, word at a time. time. I used to play this game when me and my brother shared a bedroom. And yeah! Little, Brilliant. Uh, oh, you're so much nicer When we were falling than... asleep, we were going, let's do a one-word story. Oh. Me and my brother used to do a thing called Rude Recipes, <laughs> which is just exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> me and my brother used to throw uh, darts at each other in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One okay, word story. one more, one word story. Yeah, childhood fun. Once upon a time, there was a big brown bear who lived in a forest. He loved chips. Chips made of potatoes and marmalade were his absolute favourite. One day he went to the butcher and asked do you sell potato and marmalade chips no, said the butcher. Why would a butcher sell marmalade and potato chips? You idiot. Then he ran away in sadness and cried in more sadness. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, a idea into his head. Perhaps I could steal some from a grocer. Ting! <laughs> the bear ran to the grocer and sneaked in by crowbarring a <laughs> window at the back of the shop. Crunch. 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 Went the bear as he <laughs> snuck through the window which was crowbarred and <laughs> decimated. Once he was inside he grabbed marmalade and potatoes and a Chipper. <laughs> <laughs> but there was the lack of <laughs> an 
and fryer. <laughs> oh! No! Fryer! What? Shall I do? I know. I'll. Will. Put. Oh a. Put a. Potato. Pan. On. My. Head. <laughs> that. Will. Work. <laughs> Later. When. The. Bear. Was. Recovering. <laughs> Serious. Concussion. <laughs> a. Potato fell from a shelf. Oh, there is a potato in my hand. So I'll eat this. Nom 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 nom. Turns out he just wanted potato. Potato. <laughs> Actually stayed within the realm. I didn't know where to go with the frying pan on his head. No, no, did no, any no, 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 no. But, but then, but that's the point because you build it one word at a time. So you're not responsible for everything. I think there's a thing we go. Oh, I, I need to be responsible for the choice. Uh, we kind of take, we give them one job, and we think that we have to save the world with that one yeah. job. Actually, you're just putting one. It's like kind of you know pointillism that yeah. where you just make little dots. One Lego brick every, at a time. It's yeah. one brick at a time, and it, you, all you're doing is putting a brick. You're not building. You know, the house, as Ross would say, Rome wasn't built in a day, <laughs> but then they had more time than we <laughs> Showstopper, the improvised musical, is at the Other Palace in London until the 16th of March. And at the end of the pod, the cast do a, a re- actually really brilliant improvised song about Fergus's greatest passion in life. Um, so I suppose there's an enticement to, uh, to stick around. Uh, Rachel O'Riordan, of course, has left the Sherman yeah. and is uh, heading to the Lyric Hammersmith, but uh, she leaves behind something which I assume that she has uh, programmed, which is a new version of The Taming of the Shrew, written by the Scottish writer Joe Clifford, uh, which challenges the patriarchy and uh, in which Petruchio is a woman and Kate is a man. Right. Uh, so I think that sounds very interesting. And I think that uh, it's a year in uh, which we're, um, I think, going to see lots more shows like that. Mm-hmm. And the very obvious one of that, perhaps, is Jane Miller's revival of The Crucible, which is happening at The Yard. Miller's yeah. such a really exciting young director. Yeah. And uh, in that, uh, John Proctor is going to be played by a woman. There's a couple of other big revivals. You know, there's All My Sons, the old Vic, Sally Field, Bill Pullman, which should be pretty spectacular, and Death of a Salesman. God, it's pretty Arthur yeah. Miller heavy Yeah, this it's year, really Arthur it? Miller heavy, yeah, the um, young Vic, yes. Sharon D. Clark and Lorenzo yeah. Kenne, which is going to be very exciting. But there's a couple of London things that have sort of caught my eye. Um, you know, there's... Jamie Lloyd's taking on a Vita, which should be interesting over the summer at Regent's Park, and Anne Washburn's got a new play at oh, the Almeida, yes. which looks fascinating. Yeah, Shipwreck. absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, Mr. Burns absolutely up oh, there with my all-time favourite shows. Me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah, it always makes me wish that Robert Ike would would do more new new work because um, he obviously is fantastic at classics but yeah. we know he's fantastic at classics yeah. but this just, one's directed by Rupert Gould isn't it this is Rupert yeah. Gould yeah, yeah. But, yeah but with Mr Burns you know yeah. just the kind of audacity of that and yeah. the madness of it so yeah Shipwreck should be really good um, but um, actually I think one of the things that's really I'm really curious to see how it turn out but really have a lot of 
goodwill towards and really backing in my heart is local hero. Oh yes, at the Lyceum. At the Lyceum yeah. in Edinburgh. I just yeah. hope that that yeah. goes well because it's yeah. such a wonderful film. Yeah. And it's uh, you know Bill Forsyth is is co-writing with David Gregg. Mark Knopfler's doing the music yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah. It's such a nice team of people. I really yeah, hope that yeah. that happens again. Actually, there's off. something else that I think looks great at the Lyceum, which is Cine Harris adapting and directing Duchess of Malfi. Yes, yeah. that's going to be and fascinating. And I think that kind of is really thrilling. Yeah. 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 Now, a word from our sponsors, the mighty Charcoal Blue. What makes the perfect performance venue? Is it good seats, great views of the stage, the bar, a queue for the toilet that doesn't take you out the front door? In truth, every venue is unique, from a rehearsal room to a West End house to a large-scale presenting venue or even an arena. Undertaking the design or renovation can be a challenge, but at Charcoal Blue, that's all they do. Charcoal Blue are the leading theatre, acoustic and digital design consultancy that have designed, renovated, tweaked and polished more than 150 performance and presentation spaces, both here and abroad, over the past 14 years. From a six-person mobile podcasting studio, oh, that sounds handy, to a new home for the London Symphony Orchestra, their team of experienced musical and theatre professionals innovate at any scale. With studios in London, Bristol and Glasgow, speak to them today about how they can help you realise your ambitions for your space. You can find them at charcoalblue.com or follow them on Twitter or Instagram at charcoalbluetc. I get the sense that over the last few years, it's like the profile of it has just been building and building. I mean, just practically, it's gone from 25 shows to 400 plus, <laughs> which is like mind-boggling. I mean, I, I think what Vault does that's unique and special is like plugs a relatively quiet, potentially isolating time in the like performance year yeah. that like those like slow winter months um, and has created in the vault proper an incredible hub of community. So like you go down there, even if you don't have a ticket to a show, even if you don't intend to see a show, to like be immersed in your people and your community yeah. and like, and, and you know, talk about work. And then you end up, like I've said it a lot, people come down to see one show and they stumble out having seen three shows and done a late party and it's three in the morning. And like, that's that's an incredible thing to be able to offer. Yeah, um, it's like cinema hopping. Kind Screen of, hopping. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was I talking to you about that? Yeah. yeah. Which is like, yeah, not. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a bold thing too, but like, yeah, kind of. I mean, no, but I'm saying you should pay for each show. Obviously. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course. Yeah, not, <laughs> not condoning. Uh, I'm not condoning. The the wall. Yeah, what is that theft? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know. They check tickets on every door. It's not just that. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine quite vigilant about that. Actually, Pay, paying artists would be right there on our like high up yeah, on our priority list. It's, it's not just like a barrier. Once you get beyond the barrier, it's just like a free for all. So it's it's. Um, Eight week festival. It's underneath Waterloo Station, and it's curated. Which for something that size is quite impressive. Yeah, I believe we say it's the biggest curated arts festival, certainly in the country, possibly in the world, yet to be verified. <laughs> um, but it's a pretty big curated arts festival. And, you know, it, it's a really interesting gesture because there is that question of, like, scale versus how do we decide what is programmed. I mean, ultimately, as much as 400 sounds like an enormous number of shows, which, of course, it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had 1,100 applications to be a part of the festival this year. So it's a drop in the ocean compared to the number of teams that want to present work at the festival. Um, so it is, it is quite strongly curated, yeah. but um, it is it is a, a bit of a mission. <laughs> how is it split between... So how many of those 400 shows are theatre and how many are comedy? There are about 200, 250 now, I think, theatre and performance shows. Um, and then the remainder is comedy. Comedy is growing all the time, though. Breed yeah. is still adding shows to the programme, even now. If for people that don't know, there are some shows that go on 
for the entire length of the festival, like Counting Sheep this year, stretches yeah. for all eight weeks, but then most shows only are only there for a week each. What's the thinking behind that? Yeah, so ultimately for me, so we have uh, Counting Sheep and Balaclava Blues are the two shows that will run for the entire festival, and they're kind of considered our headline shows. Uh, the reason that we've made the decision that the majority of runs will be a week, I mean, partially that's what our artists ask us for. So when people right. fill in their application, they have an option to request what length of run they would like, and a week seems to work. I think ultimately it offers like a lower risk um, run than Edinburgh. Um, because it means you know you're not doing a, a four-week run of your show like and basically nearly bankrupting yourself and also yeah. emotionally and physically stretching yourself in order yeah. to do it. It's like one-week safe environment to like offer your show out to a really hungry, exciting, and diverse audience. Um, and also, it means that I can get in as many of those shows as I possibly can fit that I'm really excited about supporting. So it's kind of a mutually beneficial setup. I get a sense that's part of the reputation of what at the moment is like kicking off shows that. Are then go on to be just like really well received they start off at vaults they get a load of buzz they get programmed at good venues or maybe they go and do a fringe run and that gets even more attention and then they're like you know part of the kind of canon <laughs> fringe canon. part of what lets them do that though is the financial model right it's to do with it's 70 percent to the artist 30 percent to the two vault. Yeah, we, we've introduced a second option this year as well. Um, so you can either do a 70-30 and then there's a 19% uh, f- a venue fee, essentially. Or you can lower that to 15% and change the box office split to 60-40. So we're trying to make it as accessible and Wait, lower so how does that work? So 70-30. Wait, so 70... Oh, to the the art- I'm, I'm an idiot, Jill. Totally when fine. When it comes to money, talk me through it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, the the traditional vault model is 70/30 in the artist's favour, with a 19% um, like venue facilities fee. So 19% of everything that's made goes to cover the cost of the festival. And the okay. Venue. I don't. Yeah. I don't understand. That's 119%. Where does the 19% come from? The first 19% and then after that it's the 7 And then after that it's oh, right, okay. yeah. so everything on top of it. Exactly, okay. which is a more attractive financial deal than the majority of other fringe venues and the Edinburgh Fringe. And also added to that is that there's no deposit. Whereas like if you go to Edinburgh, you generally have to pay a pretty chunky fee yeah. up front just to get your place. Yeah. So you pay nothing up front, nothing goes to vault at all. You just need to cover like your 19% of ticket sales. That means that your venue is covered. And then after that, you start to make money. And um, we've obviously lowered that fee. So there's another option where you have an even like more decreased financial risk which means that you only have to pay 15 well you only have to make 15 and you just get a bit less box office exactly yeah. exactly because what, what we want to do is make making work as accessible to as many artists as humanly possible so but how then does Vault survive off that does I mean, it work? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been working and growing every year for the last six years, True. you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a really bold financial model. And also the fact that they've mm. recruited my breed and Laura's roles. Not only do we have this creative lead, but another large part of our role is pastoral care. So I'm there. Really? Yeah, I mean, I'm there to support my artists in every way that they could possibly need me to be. So that's another thing that, like, because we're curated, because it, it's not the epic monster that Edinburgh quite is, we're able to do that little bit of Do you work. find that quite hard? No, I mean, I've, it's the thing that I care about the most, actually, I think, is like making sure the artists have the support that they need. And I mean, that takes such a different form depending on the show and the artist. But all if, of you've, that. if you've got 250 different shows doing that, that is a lot of work. It's an enormous amount. But I mean, ultimately, you know, 
they're all grown ups as well. Like I'm not, I'm not like checking in on everyone and making yeah, sure yeah. that you know it, it is. Had your tea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I mean, I'm, I'm, artists are empowered to run their show the way that they want to run their show and that works for them. But they yeah. know that there is somebody here specifically to support them should they need it in any way that they need it. Sometimes that's just like being chatted off a ledge of thinking that you're not good enough and me telling them that they're amazing and I program them because they're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's all that they need. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's a bit like the Mary Poppins thing of like you had it in you all along. I just have to like. <laughs> you know, show up for a minute and then disappear again. <laughs> Wait, is that Mary Poppins or Mary Poppins Returns? Well, both. She just leaves at the end, doesn't she? She doesn't say goodbye to anybody and just kind of like, well, my work here is done. Yeah, I believed that more when it was Julie Andrews somehow. <laughs> I, I feel like that's what you're doing with me. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm teaching you to, to love again and then, and then I'm going to disappear on the wind yeah I do a lot of disappearing on the wind I mean in a nice way like you know I'll be along to see all of their shows and support and them once their kite is flying yeah you're off. that's kind of it yeah you seem like you're getting you're getting on ground and it's also about not stepping on artists toes as well you yeah, know yeah. I'm not going to barge into someone and say let me sit in on a rehearsal and make sure your show is good like I you know I trust and empower all of my artists to make incredible work so how do you know a show is going to be good if you when you're programming it because you won't have seen it very interesting question I mean some work we have seen because of course we're invited to work in a variety of different capacities over the course of the year so a very strong presence at Edinburgh we also get invited to work in progresses and things like that over the course of the year so like we try to see as much as we can and once we get beyond that it is a really interesting question because and I talk about this a lot like there's a difference between writing a very good application and making a very good show Um, and I have to walk the line between identifying what you know exists between that's probably what the arts council feels isn't it it's probably exactly what the arts council feels and i mean part of it is like building up relationships and seeing a company's work and knowing their work in in their bones Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing i think the thing the thing that i did this year that makes me happy that we have that makes me confident i suppose that we have done that work diligently is set up a brand new and quite robust process for like reading and considering applications and we had eight readers and each reader was assigned 200 applications and every application was read by two people. I tried to make sure those two people had very, very different experiences in the industry. Do you ever take into account like reviews of their previous work as well? It's an interesting one. We definitely look at them and read them, absolutely. Um, like There are as many reviewers and perspectives as there are shows, and it's it's not, I don't think it's appropriate for that to be the definitive take. But if I said a show was... <laughs> <laughs> then it's definitely, whatever, whatever Fergus says, the opposite is true. Well, having spent, because you basically got a vitamin D deficiency from spending so much time down there. a lot of time yeah. underground, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I imagine it was quite intense. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was good, I enjoyed it. You, yeah, you seemed quite invigorated, if a little strung out as well. I'm very enthusiastic about the programme, I thought it was very... But I've well, been there last year for so much, as I recognise the same names in the programme this year, and I thought, oh, I saw that. So, like, the, the Joseph Charlton play last year, yes. the, um, the one about the taxi company. Uber. Um, yeah, <laughs> what was it called? Brilliant Jerks, it was yes. called, and I saw he had another one coming back this year called... Uh, Anna X. X. Anna X. Yeah, and, and ultimately, I mean, it's to do with developing and supporting companies that we think are amazing. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean, like, you've done Vault once before, you get to do Vault again. But, like, if you've done a show at Vault Festival and it has been the making of you, much like, I, I think, Brilliant Jerks is a perfect example, he comes to me and tells me he wants to do a play about this Anna Delvey story that was in Vanity Fair. Like, absolutely. Like, that is, he's, he's already a proven artist in telling these kinds Who's of stories. Anna at Delvey? Our festival. 
Oh, okay. So you need to read the Vanity Fair article. Okay. Anna Delvey is a young woman who basically, it's just like a young German woman with very little other than a lot of moxie who went to <laughs> New York and pretended to be a very rich heiress in Europe um, and scammed hundreds and thousands of dollars out of like American socialites. And it is both horrifying and incredible. Um, me and my partner had an enormous blowout where I thought she was like the hero of our time and he thought she was the devil. Um, <laughs> Sounds like uh, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, that like scammer. Oh, I bet Joseph Charlton does such, that's well, such that's a kind great of, story for him. Exactly, it's, it's acknowledging the work that he has done before and that he is absolutely the right person to be telling the story. The really difficult thing about me coming on board this year and changing the programming process, there are lots of show, companies who have had shows at the festival before who didn't get programmed this year and that's really difficult. But ultimately, like the decision has to be made in terms of like, the stories that we want to be telling, the stories that are ready be, to be told, and also ushering in as many exciting new voices to tell those stories as humanly possible. So what are the stories you want to be telling? Because what, you, you said, like, if you're there for the whole thing, you do get a sense of a journey yeah. through it. So what is that journey this year? Yeah, I mean, for me, that journey is, like new untold perspectives so one really good example is like we've got an awful lot of female-led work at the festival we always have a lot of female-led work at the festival that's unsurprising because there's loads of incredibly creative female minds that aren't progressing beyond fringe level for industry reasons that are very frustrating and um, so i don't want to take credit for them being here we are just benefiting from their incredible talent but the, the the kinds of female stories that we program this year there's like maybe five shows that all deal with like forgotten women through history there's a musical called the limit about a female mathematician that was like kind of like has been not very well recorded and How written do you do about. musical involved? Let's find there's out. A, there's a lot of them. There's quite a few. Yeah. It's mad that as well that well it's just cool I suppose that um, these like early career artists are on the same bill as like Juliet Stevenson. I know well. that was a that was an interesting addition to the yeah, program. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's kind of part of it, and and it's that cross pollination that's going to be incredible. People coming to see one and then being introduced to five new things. Yeah. So what are the ones that you're excited about? Yeah, it's always tough with highlights, right? Because I love all my children yeah, equally. Yeah, of course. I've got um, okay, oh, Fergie, so you start us off. Oh, got, oh, the myth of a singular moment. Oh, beautiful show. Absolutely beautiful show. It was show. lovely, yeah. Very lovely show. Lewis Doherty, the guy that does the... Yeah, mimes. Wolf. Yeah, but he's got a new one called Ball, which Great. I'm very excited about because I thought the first one was hilarious. Yeah, so that's like one man show, physical comedy. I'm also really excited about all of the Irish work at the festival this year, which is um, a, a drum I've been banging for quite a little while. <laughs> um, essentially, there's an incredible like scene of like fringe theatre in Dublin that doesn't cross over to the UK yeah. as much as I would like to see it do because Edinburgh feels like a much bigger journey from Dublin than it does from London for reasons that are complicated and expensive and yeah. um, and I ha- like obviously being from Dublin and having like trained there and stuff I just have an, a lot of wonderful links to really cr- incredible companies like Malaprop and yeah. Simpson Moon and um, Rice Productions and all these companies who just hadn't seen Vault Festival as maybe a platform for sure. their work um, and inviting them over particularly the year of Brexit particularly just before uh, <laughs> just before Brexit actually happens having that wonderful like European presence at the festival is really despair exciting. in your eyes then <laughs> No idea what you're talking about. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. Yeah, it's fine. I have a European passport. I can go wherever I want. I'm not worried. Um, what else, Fergus? What else? Well, Queens of Sheba, obviously, which is uh, one that of was the first shows. show we saw in Edinburgh, wasn't it this year? It was. It's brilliant. It was yeah, we had a little date, didn't we? In uh, first night in Edinburgh. 
we gave it a the stage Edinburgh award. The stage Edinburgh award. And um, it's probably one of the highlights of our Edinburgh actually. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, we found we. I think I mean I found this, but I think you said this as well. We really found we were struggling to find shows that matched it. Like we really peaked early. <laughs> James Rowland's got a new show as well. The guy Excellent. that did Team, Vi- Team the guy that did Team, Team Viking. Viking and the others in that and trilogy. And got naked. <laughs> but, but that's the end. He's finished that. He's finished that trilogy, I believe. So is this so this new one's new called Space Opera? Totally new and formally innovative for James. Okay. Which again, as I've said, supporting like vault veterans, but also pushing them to do new and interesting things. Is he clothed? Is he not clothed? <laughs> You'll have to buy a ticket and see. <laughs> David Allen's got a new show with that's the Juliet Stevenson one, which is a rehearsed reading. Apparently, but yes. I loved both of the shows he had there last year. The Magic Show with Simon Evans and the one that didn't go anywhere else, which I was so disappointed about, The Rain God, which I thought was brilliant. I know, I know, and this is a very early iteration of something that we're very excited to get to support. Um, and Juliet Stevenson, I mean, what an incredible addition to that team! It's going to be pretty cool. Nick yeah. House, the Wonder Worker. It's cool. I mean, and if it's you're about not usually, magician. yeah, if, you, if you're not usually a rehearsed reading person, I would make a pretty significant exception <laughs> <laughs> the hermetic arts thing april which is about uh, a youtuber apparently but which i can imagine is very very scary indeed they're quite a creepy company they're quite suited to the vault's aesthetic in their kind of you know underground scariness i absolutely loved Unburied. the way you, you went in and you thought it was like the second episode of a podcast recording oh, and you're like what the hell is this why am i here but then slowly you realized like that was what the show was about oh, fucking, that was brilliant that was mm. that's so clever <laughs> while we're on the subject of podcasts it's worth mentioning that um a, a theme of work that i've fostered is um things about true crime because Excellent. as we know we're having a bit of a true crime moment in our society particularly in in podcasting but i've decided to take it to the theater right. and so we've got um pufferfish is a big a one that i'm really excited about which is um the jeffrey dahmer story we've also got compromat um in week one i believe which is selling pretty fast you want to get your tickets to that one um and there's there's a couple of other shows that are about like a variety of like true crime stories like, i'm working i love that i've always thought theater should do that well i'm trying no. to work out how to turn this podcast into a true crime podcast but someone needs to kill someone. Someone's going to have to get murdered. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to investigate it like Sarah Koenig. <laughs> Fault Festival runs until March 17th. I mean, as Jill was saying, there is a colossal number of shows there. Um, so it's worth just heading down there at some point and, and seeing what you can see. There's um, Interface, which is National Theatre of Scotland, is going to take place in a uh, Glasgow office block. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's a series of kind of disposable dystopian plays by uh, uh, three female writers and I think that sounds uh, pretty interesting as well. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and something else National Theatre of Scotland is Tanika Gupta's uh, adaptation of Jackie Kay's memoir. Yeah, uh, oh, that looks Red, so uh, Red Dust Road, yeah. Directed by Dawn Wharton, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. My sort of final big recommendation is the colour purple oh yeah um, which Curve are doing um, based on Alice Walker's novel and directed by Tanuke Craig who I think is a really exciting director because um, you know I think we disagree Lynn about Curve quite a lot but because I you know I really like the person I admire what they do there and even when it is something like an officer and a gentleman which is <laughs> Yeah, that's not everyone's cup of tea, but I thought it was fine, it was good fun, it was very sweet. Um, but this uh, this sort of maybe fits the bill of the stuff that are publicly 
subsidised theatre should be putting on a bit better than an officer and a gentleman, maybe. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited for that. Yeah. Good. We'll go sit together. <laughs> I'm Andrew Pugsy from the cast of Showstopper, the improvised musical. I'm Justin Brett, also from the cast of Showstopper, the improvised musical. I'm Ruth Bratt, also from the cast of Showstopper, the improvised musical. I'm Duncan Walsh Atkins, I'm the musical director of Showstopper, Showstopper the, the improvised, improvised musical. musical. There's a trend here. Trend. We're okay, right. And show. I am the audience here, and you are going to ask me for two suggestions. Yes, please. Uh, could you give us. Um, the uh, the style of musical or the musical composer or musical show that you'd like us to do it in. I like Hades Town. Hades, Hades, Hades Town, Town. Yeah. beautiful book. Uh, and could you give us something you love, something you genuinely really love? Something I really really love. Model trains. Model trains. Oh, wow. Do you? A model oh, train. Yeah. I never tell people that. You well, should. Actually, a Hornby enthusiast. Yeah. Great. Oh, excellent. That's a really nice suggestion <laughs> as well, and not really one we can Here's a Hades Town song all about model trains. I'm going to regret saying that, I think. <laughs> well, the points are tiny and the trains are too, and they never really go choo-choo, because they're tiny, tiny trains going round a track. Well, I got them all and they're not static, because they're all sitting right up there in my attic, and they go up, I built my trains go back. Yeah, i in my home be running free, round round the track. My home be is running free, and I'm never turning back. My home be is running free, around and round the track. My home be is running free, and I'm never turning back. Well, I like to go and switch my points at my point of view. When the train comes round, it'll come round the track and change its point of view. I got a little station there where the people wait for the trains. And the best thing about my station is that it never, ever, ever rains. Oh, my hobby, running free, round and round the track. Hobby, running free and never turning back. Puts the coal in the furnace. And I am the man who looks just where we're going. And I am the fat controller. Doesn't matter that I'm fat. And now we're all together. What the hell do you think about that? Hold me running free around and around the track. Hold me running free. Never, never turning back. Never, never turning back. I think I really regret saying Hornby. People are going to think I've said something. No, it's brilliant. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That's not um, one of the best. Do you know what was nice about that? Yeah. It was totally no. new. Yeah. yeah. I've never sung a song about a model no. railway. No. Everyone seemed to know quite a lot about I know. Really? It's amazing, railways. isn't yeah. it? I like static up in my attic. That yeah. Was my yeah. yeah. I was thinking about that thing. Uh, oh, gauge. I was thinking about the points. A gauge. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the word yeah. that was in my head. All I could remember is that thing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your Act 1 Beginner's Call. Your Act 1 Beginner's Call. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, Next month we've got some great stuff, actually, including Fergus trying to wrangle a rat, and I get shown some magic tricks by an illusions consultant. So thanks to Charcoal Blue for supporting us, and I'll see you again next month. Bye-bye.